Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash Entitled People, where people truly believe the world revolves around them and that nobody else matters. And in this episode, guys, Karens are going wild. They're attacking amputees, calling 911 for ridiculous reasons, kicking grannies off stairs. I'm just kidding about that one. But boy, oh boy, you guys will be shaking your head hard at these stories today. So subscribe if you haven't. And as always, you can send or link your stories to this email right here. We're diving in. Okay, so on this day, I was waiting at a Safeway in Anchorage for a very entitled woman to finish her jaw slapping for a few items, mostly shower and bathroom cosmetic stuff, and the woman attempted to use her credit card. So after it was denied, she makes a huge fuss about it. She then asked for a manager, saying it was their fault, and that's when the poor cashier began a call on the phone. The woman then turns to me and notices that I have my wallet out, and that I'm just buying a cherry coke. Now, the woman's first response is not hello, it's not how are you, it's, hey, so you know, you should really buy this for me. So me being me, I just ignored it at first. I pulled out my phone and started playing Deep Town like I knew this was going to be a few minutes. And that's when the woman steps a little closer and says, hey, are you listening? I said you really need to pay for this. Now, at first, I thought she was talking to someone else, but upon looking up, her eyes were on me. That's when I politely said, ma'am, I do not know you and I don't make it a habit of buying things for random strangers. Now here's the crazy part. By the time the cashier gets off the phone and turns to the woman, she's already back at the cashier saying, so this man said he'll take care of it for me, gesturing to me. Well, at this point I'm like, what? No, I'm not taking care of anything for her. The woman began telling me to just pay for it, as it's not too much at all. And it was right then and there, I'm like, okay, I'm leaving, I'm not dealing with this crap. I then put the coke on the belt and just walked past the Karen towards the door. Entitled people are the worst. Now guys, I can't help but to wonder if this was some sort of scam that the woman was pulling. I only say this because I've had this happen to me at a grocery store before, and I actually paid for someone's food. It wasn't much. The woman had a small cake and a few drinks, and it was like 20 bucks. But it wasn't until after I paid and the woman left that the cashier looked at me and said, Yeah, I was gonna say something. She's here all the time doing this. Sometimes she has money, and other times she doesn't, so I never know when she'll pull this crap. So yeah, with that said though guys, I would have happily paid for everything that woman had and then just picked up the bags and left because I'm freaking petty. Not really though. Okay, so my sister Julie has tried to have a baby for five years. She's had a miscarriage two years ago and outside of that, she's been unable to get pregnant. My heart hurts for her. However, one thing I don't agree with is how my family has handled it. We're not allowed to talk about babies around Julie. Any kids younger than three years old can't come to a family event that she'll attend. My sister also won't attend baby showers, baptisms, etc. Now the last one I do understand, but the rest just feels overkill. Now I'm telling you this because I got pregnant last year. I told Julie first, and she reminded me of her boundaries, and I said I understood. The first hurdle came with my baby shower. 
My mother-in-law was throwing it. Now I didn't expect Julie to come, and then my mom tells me that I shouldn't have one. Period. Out of respect for Julie. Hearing that, I said she was ridiculous. She didn't have to come, so what did that matter? Only three people from my side of the family came to the shower. When my son was born, I posted a birth announcement on Facebook. My parents then lectured me for this, saying it was gonna hurt Julie. I said she could just block or mute me, and that's when they said that I should just make the effort. Julie then echoed that if I cared, I would stop posting stuff about my baby. I then ended up blocking her just to save drama. My aunt's 70th birthday is next week. My husband and I plan to go, bringing our son. And that's when Julie called me and asked if we were going. I told her yes, and that's when she asked me to get a babysitter for our son. I told her no, and that's when she tells me that I have to leave my son with someone because she doesn't want to miss the party. Now my aunt is one of those people who agree that Julie's boundaries aren't fair, and she wants my son there as she doesn't get to see him often. That's when Julie gets upset and she starts crying, saying that I was being unfair, that she'll miss the birthday party if I bring my son. Now that's the point I finally snapped, and I asked, what's gonna happen when she gets pregnant? Would we all be expected to shower her with love and attention that she's refused to give other people's kids? And will her baby be allowed to attend events? She said that was different. That's when I told her, no, I'm not coddling her anymore. My son exists, he's family, and he's coming, and she can decide if she wants to or not. My parents then yelled at me for being mean to Julie and told me to apologize to her. They then offered to pay for a babysitter, but I said no. It's not even her house. So am I the a-hole? Guys, like a million percent not the a-hole in this situation. I feel like the sister's going so overboard with this and she's super duper entitled and the parents are totally enabling it. Like, does anyone else see the insanity of this? I can't have kids, so you're never allowed to bring your kids around me at all, to any family or whatever events. Guys, OP sister needs to understand that the world doesn't just stop because of what happened to her. And I get it, okay? What she's going through and what she went through is traumatizing and tough. And I personally have many friends and family who have had miscarriages and are struggling to have kids. But that's not stopping them being happy for others. Like, these boundaries are absolutely ridiculous. This person says, OP's parents seem to be perfectly fine not being a part of their grandson's life, just to spare the sister's feelings. And most of the family actually agrees with this. They all need to go to therapy. This is so unhealthy. But guys, let me know what you think. Is OP the a-hole in this situation? So here's a little bit of backstory to set the stage. I live in a condo in a multi-unit residence. Each unit has two assigned parking spots. One next to the building and the second one a ways away in the middle of the parking lot. One of my downstairs neighbors is an elderly lady with a 40-year-old son who lives with her. The woman parks next to the building, and he parks in the spot in the center. The woman's not disabled, but she's temporarily using a walker after she slipped on some ice. I live by myself, so I just use my one spot near the building, and the second one sits vacant. Today it snowed, and we do have a snow plow that comes through. However, instead of moving my car, it's actually less disruptive to my life to just brush off my car and shovel the snow onto the main thoroughfare for the plow to collect. I work at home, so I rarely drive. So while I'm out shoveling, the lady comes out and she asked if I can clear her out as well. It's not much extra work, so I'm like, sure, I'll help you out. So after clearing my car off and shoveling the snow around her car into the main area, I start to head back upstairs. And that's when the woman comes out and asked me why I didn't finish the job. I then stare at her absently for a good 5 seconds as my brain struggles to process the question before I finally manage, uh, what job? 
The woman complains that I didn't brush her car off before shoveling her spot out. So if her son brushes the car off, it's gonna mean that there's more snow on the ground. So what I did was essentially useless. And that's when she complains that I didn't do any work at all clearing her son's car. And to recap, yes, she said her son brushes the car off. At no point did she indicate that she would do any work of any sort. Only that her son would. Again, I understand that she slipped on some ice, so maybe her butt was sore, but she wasn't disabled. And her son was perfectly capable himself. I know he has a job and he drives and such. So why is this my concern? The woman then tells me that I have to finish the job I started, and that if I offered to do something, I should do it properly. That's when I lean on my shovel and stare at her for about 10 seconds, before she grows uncomfortable and she asked, Why are you staring at me like that? So I tell her, I live alone, I own one car, I shoveled myself out, and out of the kindness of my heart, I cleared out your car, so you can get in. Now she tries to argue, but I tell her, you live with an adult son who owns his own vehicle, and he's perfectly capable of shoveling both himself and you out. And you're complaining that I didn't do all the work despite having zero stake in your situation, and you don't understand why I might be absolutely gobsmacked by all this? I can then see the hamster wheel spinning. Then her face brightens as if she's discovered a glaring loophole in some cosmic law that will compel me to do her bidding. She then says to me, But you have that second spot you never use. Why don't you just shovel that out so my son can use it? That's when I say nothing more and continue to lean on my shovel with a deadpan expression. After another few moments, she turns around and wordlessly waddles back indoors. I think she realized that she was acting like an idiot, but at least she recognized that I wasn't gonna play ball. So yeah, this is gonna be a fun winter, I'll bet. Yeah, if I weren't OP Shoes, I think I'd be spending some extra time undoing the work I just did around her car. Maybe even adding some extra snow. And you know what they say guys, give a person an inch and they try for a whole freaking mile, right? So today, I come home to find a note of a Karen neighbor, hand posted into my letterbox. It wasn't in an envelope. Now, I've had problems with this Karen over my driveway since I moved into my house February 2021. The first time I met her is when she tried to tow my car out of my driveway. She had a deal with the previous owner of my house who didn't drive to let Karen use the single car driveway. Since I'm the new owner, that deal is over. I've had problems with her still parking in my driveway and it stopped after I got it towed. After I extended my driveway to fit two cars side by side, still in front of my house, Karen demands the second spot on my driveway. After I said no, she had the nerve to still go ahead and use that second spot. She stopped again after I towed it again. Now onto this note from Karen. So in her note, she doesn't ask to use my driveway for her guests. It says that she's already arranged for her guests to use my driveway from December 20th to the 2nd of January. She basically told me to park on the street so her guests can use both spots. The ridiculous thing is she told me not to unnecessarily tow their cars. I then went to her house and reminded her that it's my driveway. I tell her that she doesn't have any authority to let others use my driveway. And I said I'd call tow trucks the second I see unauthorized cars in my driveway. And that's when she said that she'll just call police. I told her, go ahead, send the police to my house when they turn up. I have a ring doorbell that has footage of me telling Karen not to use my driveway in the past. I also have cameras on my driveway with footage of past problems with her. And I still got the note about her guests using my driveway. The woman has called police on me for parking in my own driveway both times after I towed her car off my driveway. I am absolutely speechless at this post. 
I feel like OP just needs to let her do her thing and then call the tow trucks and keep calling the tow trucks. Like, it's so funny how she didn't learn the second time she got towed, and she actually has the audacity to write a letter to OP telling him not to tow her friend's cars off his driveway. I don't know whether to laugh or shake my head at how bonkers this neighbor is. The entitlement is absolutely absurd. And if you guys think that post was wild, listen to this one. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so my parents own a bar that extends onto the first floor of a four-story apartment. There's a parking space annexed to the bar. It's covered by a roof, but it's not closed, so anyone can park there. Not that we allow it. The parking spot belongs to my parents by contract, and it came with the bar when they bought it. We park our car there, and because we live in a residential neighborhood, every other parking spot belongs to someone, so we can't just put it somewhere else. So on this day, my parents notice that another car is parking there. It belongs to a woman living in the apartment above. Now, they don't mind it the first few times, but when it seems that the woman's using it full-time, they decide to confront her. My dad nicely tells her that she can't use our private parking space, to which she responds, But I should use it because I need it more. My dad asked her why, and she says, It's raining season, so when I go to my car in the morning, the rain ruins my makeup. I need this spot because it's closer. Now, I do want to note that her parking space was like 20 meters away from the front door. My dad says, I don't care. You can't park in my parking space. And that's when the woman says, you know what? I don't even believe that space is yours. The next time I see you parking here, I'm going to call the cops on you. And the woman actually did. So the police came and my dad had to show them the paper that proves that the parking spot belongs to us. While she was standing there with her arms crossed and everything, telling police that it was unfair and for them to do something about this. When the police cleared us, she just turns pale and she went home, unpunished. My parents let her go because in the end, they did win the dispute. Yeah, I'm actually surprised OP's parents never put a sign there saying reserved parking or something. And seriously though, did she really, really use the excuse of my makeup is going to be ruined by the rain if I don't park there? Oh, guys, entitled people never cease to amaze me. That's a very, very unique excuse. Five years ago, I used to work as a bouncer at the bar my best friend owns. Not every day, not every weekend. He just calls me when things got nasty. So fast forward to present. I'm not really suitable as a bouncer anymore because I'm an above-knee amputee, but I still do work behind the bar from time to time. Last Thursday, I was sitting in a bar with a colleague drinking some beer after a 14-hour workday. Behind the bar were two nice ladies named Paula and Leah, both were minding their own business, serving beer and cocktails. One hour in, Enzo, a very nice Italian guy comes in, totally wasted. 
the guy ended up ordering some drinks and then another one and another one on and on. And that's when he starts getting really offensive to both ladies, saying things you shouldn't say to any lady anywhere. Paula then looked over to me in a help-seeking way. I then waved her over as if I wanted to order something. I told her to endure it because Enzo's usually a very nice guy and to give him something like coffee or tea. Now he actually drank the espresso Paula gave him and he stopped ordering alcohol but it didn't get better. That's when I told her to call a cab and I walked over to him and asked him what's up. He said he was having a bad day and he didn't seem to want to get more in depth so I didn't ask further. I then asked him to be a gentleman and to apologize to the women, and he seemed to understand and apologized. That's when the cab came and I helped him get in and told the taxi driver to definitely take him home, and the cab drives off. Ten seconds later, a lady, Karen, storms out of the bar, and she shouts at me saying, How dare you throw a guy out of my son's bar? Now I'm totally perplexed at this situation, knowing that this is not the owner's mother. I say to her, uh, excuse me, what? Karen says to me, You don't even work here. I'll get my son to ban you from this bar. You're costing him business. I tell her, I know the owner. He's my best friend and I know his mom. You are not his mom. That's when the Karen says, I am his mother. How dare you say that? And that's when I tell her, just call him up then. And the woman actually takes out her phone and she dials. Four seconds later, she seemed to have someone on the phone and was asking to talk to the owner of the bar. Two seconds later, Leah comes out with a phone in her hand, and she asked me to take the call because the owner wasn't available. I told her there's no need to because Karen was the person who called. I then explained the situation to her and asked if I should throw her out, and Leah says yes. So I tell Karen to leave, and she decided not to leave, but instead to push, beat, and kick me. I told her I would call police, but it didn't matter to her. She then pushes me again, but this time she stands on my prosthetic foot. As a consequence to that, my stump rotated inside the socket, the prosthetic misaligned, and I tipped over like a piece of domino. As I laid on the ground, Karen was just telling me that this is what I deserved, and she kept swearing at me. As the police came, Karen was still there and told police that I laid my hands on her, and she acted in self-defense, but with Leah having my back, they did not believe her. I told them the whole story and pressed charges against her, and the police took her away with them. I want to see what happens next. I wonder why the heck that woman cared so much that Enzo was kicked out when she had no relation to the owner or business at all. But regardless, it's nice to see another Karen getting locked up. So here's some background. For my first semester in university, I had to live in dorms because they were so close to campus, and my scholarship would cover a portion of the housing. These dorms were suite style, so they had five bedrooms with two people in each room, and we all shared a common area in the center. So this entitled girl, who we'll call Katie in the story, was the only one who knew her roommate beforehand, because they moved here from Texas together. So the first day of check-in was absolutely insane. Everyone's parents were there to help them move and to say goodbye, because our floor was all freshmen. Because of this, no one really thought twice about the entitled mom being there that night. My roommate and I went to the opening ceremonies, and we didn't get home until probably 1 o'clock in the morning, and we were really surprised to see the woman asleep on the couch. Now we shrugged it off thinking that her flight back to Texas might not be until the next day, so we just went to bed. That morning, we woke up to the most delicious smell of bacon, omelets, and waffles. Everyone slowly filed out of their rooms, thinking that one of our dorm mates had made us food before the first day of class. But boy, were we wrong. So the mom had gone through the fridge and the cupboards, taking ingredients from wherever she could find to whip up an amazing breakfast. But the thing is, it was our food. 
As a student with no job at that point, the food she took from me and my other roommates was supposed to last the first couple of weeks of school, until we could get a job or our parents sent some money or whatever. All of us were very obviously annoyed and pissed off, but she seemed completely oblivious to the dirty looks. The entitled mom and Katie were just munching away while their dishes and mess were piled all over the counter. Eventually, Katie's roommate Michelle walks out and they excitedly tell her that they made breakfast for her too. Now, we were all dumbfounded, but we kept quiet as we hurried to eat cereal or toast. My classes were in the afternoon, so I didn't get back from campus until around 4.30. I was expecting the mess to be cleaned and the mom to be gone. But as I walked in, my counters were still covered in their dishes. And mom, Katie, and Michelle were playing my Xbox. I clear my throat to get their attention, and all I got was a side glance from Michelle, who looked like she'd been caught doing something really bad. As I peer farther onto the couch, I realize that they went through my entire tech box to set up my Xbox, leaving everything from my Wii console to all my movies scattered all over the ground. I was completely livid. I then went to unplug the Xbox in the middle of the game. This made the mom completely lose it. She screams at me saying, Hey, what did you do that for? Can't you see we're in the middle of something? I say to her, Yeah, you're in the middle of my stuff. Now put it all away. After hearing that, Katie tried to get up and start clearing my stuff. She couldn't even get all the way off the couch before mom goes full Karen and tugs her back down and says, Hey, Katie doesn't listen to you. She listens to me. I'm her mother. Maybe ask before assuming you're in charge. Now, I didn't feel the need to deal with this anymore, so I gathered my things and shoved them into my room. Fast forward two weeks, and we have the floor meeting with the resident assistant. He explains certain rules, like when the quiet hours are, and that guests can only stay two nights consecutively. And guess what? Mom is still here. At this point, the woman had fully turned our living room into her bedroom by putting the sheets on the couch and the whole nine yards. Katie and Michelle shared a glance and ran back to our dorm. The second the meeting was over, I marched over to the resident assistant and tell him that someone's had a guest since the first day of class. The guy looks absolutely dumbfounded as I led him to our dorm. When we walk in, Katie and Michelle are sitting on the couch as if nothing happened and there was no sign of the mother. Apparently, Katie had been begging her mom to leave, but she just wouldn't. After hearing the rule, Katie went to tell her mom that she has five minutes to get out or Katie wouldn't be allowed to live there anymore. Now, that's not true, but she needed to sound serious. That's when mom finally got up and left to drive back to Texas, which she could have done at any moment. Now, the real kicker of the story is there was a bed and breakfast not even 30 yards from the building's entrance, so she could have stayed there. But of course, for a price, so not likely. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a helicopter parent with no boundaries, guys, and I'm surprised nobody said anything for two full weeks. I would have lost it at her stealing the food the second day she was there. My goodness. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these awesome, ridiculous stories. And if you guys missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. A mega Karen attacks OP with her purse and then lies to cops to try to get her arrested. It's such a ridiculous story. So go check it out. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.